Tiffany and Tyrone podcast. Hope you had a great week. All right, so today we're going to be following up from our episode last week. Um, that one went really great. We were talking about that gray rock method. Yes, which um, I really like that topic. So I, I wanted to kind of continue some of that. Mm-hmm. But also uh, we've got another another topic that, I mean, they all tie into each other. So. Yep. Well, that's the thing about having these discussions, you know, it's kind of hard to isolate sometimes a single topic because in a relationship, you don't discuss topics in your relationship <laughs> one at a time. You're experiencing all these different effects, yeah. you know, on your life all in one go. So when we try to isolate a topic, it's just so you can digest it. But there is some relationship between these topics. Um, what emerged from our conversation in preparation for today was that the gray rock method will actually reveal your trauma bond to your narcissist. Absolutely. And you may be saying, okay, I finally think I understand what the gray rock method is now and what is a trauma bond. Well, we're going to explain that all to you today and we're going to make it really interesting for you so that you can apply this stuff to your life and hopefully bring positive change Mm-hmm. Yeah, and transform your world. Yeah. I've actually got I've got a fun surprise for our audience today. I'm going to be reading little pieces from a letter from my last narcissist. Oh, like real letter? Yes. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So today we'll actually get to witness, I guess, or listen in on what it sounds like, um, and your trauma bond is being revealed, I guess. Um, I'll be curious to hear a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about what a trauma bond is. It's a cycle of three basic things that you will experience. One, abuse. Two, devaluation. Three, positive reinforcement. I'm going to say that again. Abuse, devaluation, and positive reinforcement. Well, how does that work? Well, trauma bonding works like this. It's a matter of a trigger and a response. Your narcissist knows how to trigger you. And your brain is so accustomed to the cycles and patterns of that abuse that your response supports the abuse. See, when your narcissist does a very specific thing, whatever that thing may be, and the, the whole exercise today is for you to listen to this podcast and then go back and figure out what are my triggers? What, yeah, what has my narcissist worked out, you know, that will get me to respond in that emotional, you know, way that gives away the energy and gets me, you know, to submit to this trauma bonding. It's, it's, it's a very powerful thing, and it's the thing that keeps us literally stuck in that relationship for years. So when you become aware of it now, because you're gray rocking, yeah. right? If you follow our episode last week, you finally decided to remove that supply. You started being a lot more aware, conscious, mindful. Mm-hmm. You're paying attention to what they're saying. And you're not having an, you know, an emotional response anymore. You're no longer flying off the handle or saying sorry all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you're just not giving them anything. Mm -hmm. No, what's lately started to happen now is that they're beginning to realize, huh, it seems like if they're on to me. Yeah, yeah and that's something that um, this letter that I'm going to read. Oh, this, um, come on, give me a piece right now. Are you ready to give a piece? Yes. Okay, so a little bit of a backstory. Um, so if our listeners remember uh, when I mentioned when my last ex-narcissist kicked me out of the house. Mm -hmm. So this was, that was in November. Mm -hmm. And then the following February, I, well, I'd been going to counseling and I had written him a letter explaining how I feel about, you know, all yeah. of this stuff. You're setting your boundaries. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, a whole week goes by. He didn't acknowledge the letter whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And of course, then that, that Saturday, I think it was a Monday, following Saturday, I came to him and I'm like, well, you haven't acknowledged my letter. And the first response he gave me was, well, I didn't know you wanted me to acknowledge it. And I'm like, oh. See, that's a trigger, right? That's a trigger. But how did you feel when he did that? I whole relationship of not being heard. Right. So that is the devaluation moment in this cycle of the trauma bond. You see, that's the thing, right? When we give these terms, you know, when your therapist, your psychologist, your counselor, your buddy, whoever you're, you know, testing your truth with, they'll tell you these things to help you. But you need to understand what they're saying as well. And we're hoping to break it down for you a bit more to help you to see what it really looks like when you're experiencing it. Because mm -hmm. remember, trauma bond is made up of three basic actions. The actual abuse, mm -hmm. the devaluation that you feel, and then followed by some positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, what he did was he realized you sent him a letter. You knew he read the letter. Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me yeah. that you knew he read it. Absolutely. There was evidence to show that he had read it. Yeah. But he doesn't respond. It's a trigger. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not responding to that. I'm going to act like if you said nothing. Exactly what he wanted. I came to him. Here we go. That's your trigger, because you have no value. If if mm -hmm. if you can't talk to me, like if the letter wasn't talking to him, the letter was a plea from you to listen to me. You're hurting me. This is how I feel. I'm trying to communicate to you, mm -hmm. and he says you're nothing. He devalues you. Yeah. Go on. So that's it. Okay. So yeah, that was the backstory. So I started. Uh, using the gray rock method mm -hmm. by this point so this letter this part of the letter actually the whole letter actually is his reaction to me using the gray rock method okay. so um we'll get past all the, the pleasantries <laughs> yeah it's like you know like the the insult sandwich that you give somebody you know a uh, uh, a positive reinforcement or whatever. Or there whatever. we go. It's all in there, right? Then, positive reinforcement, trauma bond. Then you throw uh, an insult yep. and then something positive at the end. But anyway, I'll get past the positive stuff. Okay, so we're getting to the point where uh, he's talking about uh, when he kicked me out. Okay, the night I was angry and told you to get out was wrong. I realized that I made a horrible mistake a few minutes after I said it. 
uh, and did ask you not to go. I'm sorry, and there is nothing I can do to change it. Oh, I'm sorry. There's yeah. nothing I can do to change it. Now, I want to tell you about that word sorry when you're dealing with a narcissist. Mm -hmm. It's part of the trauma bonding trigger. It's like that, that to me feels like I'm sorry you feel that way. Yes. Because it does. Mm -hmm. See, what, what narcissists are really good at doing is making you say sorry. Mm -hmm. See, you know, here's how you tell the difference. See, a person who's sorry changes their behavior. That's what sorry does. But notice that he's explicit that he's sorry, but nothing changes. Yeah. He's telling you to your face, I am not changing a thing. Mm -hmm. My sorry means nothing. Yeah. But they will try to get a sorry out of you. And you need to change. Do you have something like that in that letter? Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Um, I'm not going to change it. I can only promise that it will never happen again. And you know I'm a man of my word. Okay. Um, I can only ask your forgiveness. Here, here's a, here's the good part here. It's been held over my head for months. I know you're still upset and hurt by it, but if you can't get past it, then how are we ever going to make this work? There we go. You're the one who has to change, even though he's the one who wronged you. Mm -hmm. Sorry means nothing. Narcissists are really good at saying sorry and not meaning a single thing. Why? They have no empathy. Mm -hmm. It is easy to say sorry yeah. when you have no empathy and obviously nothing changes. It's just worse. Right. But here's the trigger now. So remember... Trauma bonding is about getting that trigger and using it to get you to change, yep. to put an effect on you, mm -hmm. right? So if they abuse you, then they devalue you. So you say sorry, mm -hmm. and then they give you positive reinforcement, and your brain learns, he'll be nice to me if I'm sorry. Yep. And they always want you to feel sorry, say sorry, and be sorry. You have to live in a state of sorry when you're in a relationship with a narcissist. I've got another huh. Yeah, go on. Good one. So so you and I would be talking yeah. um after our work day was over, whatever. Yep. Yeah. We would talk driving home, whatever. Yeah, we're friends. And I would talk to you all sitting in the driveway. Yeah, conversation I, wasn't finished. Nothing to hide. I was sitting in the driveway. He knew who it was. Yeah, he met you. He yeah, we're still friends still today. Yeah. You and I are still friends. <laughs> Nothing's changed. We're still friends. I would I would be sitting talking to you in the driveway, and mm -hmm. he would pull up and, and wave or whatever, and then I would finish the call, go in the house, and he would make these comments like, well, I don't talk to my boss after work. Oh, you, you worked all day and you still want to talk to each other and like you, you talk a lot. And so I didn't want to deal with those stupid comments anymore. Mm -hmm. So one day we were talking, I was driving home and I didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't want to deal with those stupid comments. So I parked down the street on the way to the house mm -hmm. and 
lo and behold. I mean, it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> lo and behold. He drives by me. He sees me sitting there parked. I remember that. I'm like, oh, shit. He just saw me sitting here. And, like, I was laughing, but at the same time, I was all stressing out. I'm like, okay, I think of a lie. Think of a lie. Why were you parked? It's, it had, we can't have anything to do with, with Tyrone. Like, why, why were you parked? So I was, like, the two-minute drive home, I was trying to think of this lie of what to tell him because I knew he was going to ask, well, why were you parked there? So, anyway, I thought of this stupid lie where it was like, I'm a terrible, terrible liar. You are. I told a lie or whatever. I stopped myself and I'm like, I asked myself, what are you doing? Like, just, just tell them, like, who cares? And my counselor, actually, she, her words were ringing in my ear when I would be talking to her and I'd be telling her about his reactions. She'd be like, so what? And so I had her words in my head, like, so what if he's upset? So what? So then I just I told him, yeah, okay, I was I was talking to Taiwan. And anyway, so this was oh, was this before or after that night in November? Oh, yes, yes, it was before because that was part of his, you know. Downward spiral or whatever. <laughs> so whenever I would talk to him, try to talk to him about the night he kicked me out, mm. he would put it back on me and get this. He told me that me parked down the street talking to my friend broke his heart into a million pieces. Aww. But him kicking me out of my house at three in the morning at the dead of winter with nowhere to go. Oh, that's totally fine. But me, parked down the street talking to my friend, broke his heart. And I should just get over that night and kick me out. Because I'm the one that hurt him by talking to my friend. Yeah, we'll project their hurt and anger and all their emotions onto you and they become the victim. Mm-hmm. And you have to say sorry. Yep. And then when you say sorry, the difference is you're empathetic. Mm -hmm. And it changes you. Note you were trying to change your behavior. Look, you were trying to lie. To protect yourself mm -hmm. from this abuse. And if your lie was effective, you would have got some positive reinforcement. And now this would have told your brain the best thing to do mm. is not be yourself yep. when you're around this person. You got to keep them happy. You have to do these things to manage their emotions. That's a very uh, unhealthy relationship to be in. I didn't realize that when I was in it. But when you're on the outside looking in, oh man, things are so much clearer. Yes, but that's what the gray rock method does for you. Mm -hmm. You know, and the truth is, right? Most people find the gray rock method difficult because they can't stand the truth that they're seeing. Mm -hmm. They can't stand the truth not only about the person who's abusing them. The hardest part is the truth about yourself. Yeah. The fact that you are letting this happen yeah. to you. You're enabling. 
<laughs> yes. You are a principal player in your own situation. Mm -hmm. So when you choose to use the gray rock method, you're taking your power back. And as extremely difficult as it is to gather the courage to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when I did it on that, that road trip, I was freaking out. I was not looking forward to this conversation because I knew what it was going to end up yeah. being. But after, I felt so damn good about myself. I felt powerful. Like, for the first time in my life, I felt like I took my power back. Because you raised your value. You see, when you break the cycle of the trauma bond, you're basically saying, I'm no longer devalued. You see, in order for a trauma bond to work, those three things have to be equally. The key to breaking the trauma bond is devaluation. Mm -hmm. Once you change your value, the trauma bond cannot work anymore. Yeah, and it's like what I said before, it's almost impossible to abuse a confident person. Precisely. Because here's the other thing too with the trauma bond, right? The narcissist does two things. Those are the two primary things the narcissist is doing. They're abusing you and they're giving you positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. The devaluation, that's all you. It's all on you. See, what the Grey Rock Method teaches you when you apply it is this. That person has already seen you as less than who you are. They're not devaluing you. Mm -hmm. They already just have no appreciation for you, period. Yeah. You got involved in a relationship with a person under the pretense that they loved you and that they valued you. But that was your impression. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true. And you didn't test your truth at the time. Now that you're testing your truth, you become aware that they don't value you. Yeah. But the real key to the devaluation in the trauma abuse cycle is the fact that you don't value yourself. Yeah, it's like it could be just a little thing, like them making some kind of, you know, insult disguised as a joke. Mm -hmm. And you just sit back and take it and laugh. Yeah. When you start to value yourself, you break the cycle of the trauma bond. Mm -hmm. Period. That's how it works. Because then what happens is that person is in isolation now. Yeah. They still think that you're an idiot. They will still try to abuse you. And they will still give you positive reinforcement if you suck up or give into it. Mm -hmm. They're going to be themselves. Yeah. When you are yourself, the awesome person you are, full of empathy and love. When you start to give that love to yourself and raise your value for yourself, you realize you cannot be in that type of relationship mm -hmm. with a narcissist. And that, when you start doing that, that triggers them like crazy. They Precisely. cannot handle it. No, they can't. And there's so many things that they will try to do to you. I'm only going to give you two of them. I right? we could make, we could make probably four or five episodes. Just on this letter? <laughs> yeah, they, for sure, they're going to try to make you say sorry. Yep. Because sorry, keeps the trauma bond going. Mm -hmm. But sorry says, I lose my value 
and I'm going to change. And then they give you positive reinforcement to the abuse that they've already given you. So what you saying sorry all the time also does is it, it confirms to them that you're in the wrong. Yes. And they can use it against you over and over. Remember last time what you did? Remember yeah. you said sorry? Yep. Every single time I would bring up this night, how much it hurt me, what he did. He would turn it around and say how much I hurt him when I parked down the street yeah. and talking to my friends. And then he would argue, I already told you sorry. Yeah. Why, why can't you get over it? But it's not that you can't get over the night. You can't get over the abuse. Yeah, the abuse has never ended. Yeah. It continued. Like, it happened before that night, after that night. Just yeah. consistent abuse. Absolutely. There was another part in here that I... Uh, uh, too much, uh, I don't want to lose you or us. I'm hurting too. My heart is shattered. And it's really a terrible feeling to live with for so long. Here's here's a good one. You've been distant and cold towards me from about the time you started your counseling. That's a pretty long time to watch someone you love slowly slip away from you. I've already said to you, it feels like you're driving a wedge between us and trying to keep a division between us. I know it's not all your fault <laughs> that we got to this point. We both make mistakes. Well, here's here's a really good part. I already know you're going to be angry with me for what I've written. Yeah. So he knows he knows what my reaction is going to be. Well, not only that, yeah. he's already told you. I'm sorry. Why can't you move on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I've gotten over it. Why haven't you? Yeah, let's just keep it as it used to be now. Let's get back to what we're accustomed to doing. Sleep it out of the road, pretend it didn't happen. Back to the trauma bond. Yeah. I abuse you. You tell me you're sorry for acting out towards my abuse. And then when you say you're sorry, then I say, good, see, I'm a good person again. And that's how your trauma bond gets revealed. Then you're gray rocket because mm -hmm. now you can see that you have no value. Now you can see the abuse is not ended. Mm -hmm. Now you can see that there's only positive reinforcement when you decide to accept the abuse. Now, <laughs> here's some things that I want to recommend that you do. Mm. Yeah. Maintain the gray rock yeah. method. No matter how hard it feels. No matter how emotionally unstable you think, you know, you're falling apart on the inside, you keep it going. You can stop giving that narcissist the attention that they're craving. Yeah, they want you to break. Yes, and they will do so many things oh, man. to get that attention they from you again. They some shit, man, to make you break and snap. Like, they'll say some shit. Yes. They know your triggers. They do. Set your boundaries. That's a big one. Yes. So if you're accustomed to responding right away every single time they talk to you, slow it down. Mm -hmm. Don't respond right away. When they send you a text, read it carefully. Yeah. Think about it. Think about the trigger in the text. There's always going to be a trigger. Mm -hmm. Never respond quickly. When they start talking quickly, mm -hmm. mindful. Be mindful and slow your thoughts down slow the conversation down 
and you're going to find that they're going to start to just go away because it's like they can't pressure sell you anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, that fast talking, get you to respond really quickly. Yeah. Come hurry up, hurry up. I just want to answer right now. And they're really uncomfortable with the silence. Yes. So then you say, well, hold on, let me think about it. Can I come back to you? It'll mm-hmm. drive them crazy. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter. You keep it going. Here's the most important thing I need you to do, though. Get help. Yeah. It is hard to grow up on your own. Yeah, um, support is definitely yeah. a key. Psychologist, counselor, someone who understands narcissistic abuse, life coach, mm-hmm. someone, a good friend, mm-hmm. just get help. But get helpful help, functional help. Right? Yeah, not from flying monkeys. Don't get help from them. Exactly. <laughs> and then I'm going to pair the last thing with that learn to take care of yourself. But that's what this process is really about. See, the reason you're in a narcissistic, abusive relationship is because you never really learned how to take care of yourself. Yeah. And all of the things you need to do to take care of yourself are being characterized as selfish, mm-hmm. hurting someone else. Yeah, but these are the actual things you need to do to make your life better for you. Yeah. Because one day what's going to happen to you if you're still interested in relationships after this, you're going to discover that you can be in a relationship where you can be 100% yourself and it doesn't hurt the other person. Yeah. And you can feel all the love in the world and it doesn't hurt anymore. And it, no one is hurt by your choices. No one is hurt by your preferences. Mm-hmm. You know, simple things. When you put it that way, it seems so ridiculous. And it's like, you can't believe you lived in that world because when you're out of it, it seems absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You ask yourself, like, why did I put up with that shit? Because there's so many flying monkeys and what narcissists are really good at doing is having an audience and reinforcing the behavior by having support to say, oh, this is normal. How many times have I been told in my previous relationships this is normal. This is just how it is. You, you oh, come on, just, just fire something nice. Just, just happy wife, happy life, right? Like as long as that other person is happy, then you are happy. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. If you want to be happy, your happiness is your responsibility, mm-hmm. and you should take responsibility all the time for your happiness, and then you can share your happiness. Mm-hmm. In a functional relationship, and your happiness should never hurt. Exactly. Your partner. Precisely. Ever. If if your happiness hurts your partner, you need to run. And here's the other thing, because it works the other way too. When is your narcissist happy? When you're unhappy. Yeah. When you're sorry. That's when you get your positive reinforcement. Run. Happiness is something to be shared. It's something to be cherished. You make yourself happy, and then you share your happiness. If your happiness is hurting someone else, that's a dysfunctional relationship. Absolutely. We're going to wrap it up here today. Thank you for listening to the Tiffany and Tyrone podcast, and we'll chat again next time.